Minnesota Twins are coming home and they're four and two. Uh, does that mean they're coming in hot or is there reasons I think they're not? Um, we're here to discuss that with the great, the Twins legend, Roy Smalley on the Chin Music Podcast. This is Lavelle Neal, uh, hoping to get some wisdom from the, the great slugger of, uh, of his time. Uh, Roy, what did you think about uh, the Twins start to the season? Well, I, I'm. Uh, I think everybody's got to be delighted with the way they're uh, they're pitching. Uh, they set about uh, making a, uh, a a bullpen that can uh, that can finish games starting in the you know late sixth into the seventh inning and and beyond. And then they went out and and tried to uh, shore up uh, starting pitching so they the starters could get them to the bullpen. And so far, that looks like. Um, yeah, at least for six games, mission accomplished. They pitched. They, they pitched great. Little hiccup with the bullpen. Um, the uh, last game in uh, Miami, but um, it, you just can't ask anything more from uh, from a pitching staff to start the season. Yeah, I was looking up some stuff on Baseball Reference, and the Twins' starting pitchers were second in baseball in average game sc- uh, score per starter. So that's uh, indication of how effective they were. On the mound, they also were in the top five of average pitches thrown by a starter, which you know would startle a lot of Twins fans because there are still some Twins fans on Twitter uh, who believe that uh, Rocco is not letting pitchers go as long long as they should, and then they immediately switched sides uh, the other day when Kenta Maeda uh, went out for the sixth inning and had to leave with a little hiccup in the shoulder, saying that Rocco pushed him too hard. So. <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, how to appease those people. I've been at war with them on Twitter for the last two days. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, we are speaking to you from the Aquarius Home Service Studio. Um, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Roy, before we uh, get back into the pitching, I, I got to ask you about Trevor Larner because he, he's got an opportunity here to play um, because of injuries and people not being available. Uh, he's been able to play in left field, and he has put the bat off on the ball rather well. Um, what how are you seeing from his swing, his approach, and um, just his production this early in the season? You can tell how Trevor Larnick is seeing the ball and how he is swinging by uh, looking at where the line drives are going in the ballpark. And, and he's a gap-to-gap, maybe line-to-line type hitter with power to all fields. And that's what we're seeing. Um, it, he's swinging great. He, his whole demeanor at the plate looks a hundred percent more relaxed uh, this year than I think uh, we ever saw uh, before this year. Even when he came, first came up, he was swinging the bat pretty well. This is a new. This is a different look in terms of uh, relaxation and an appearance, a body language of uh, that he that he knows exactly what he's what he's trying to do. Um, he's uh, laying off uh, off-speed pitches that are uh, tougher to hit. When he gets fastball cookies in the middle of the plate, he's hit them. Uh, when he gets uh, breaking ball strikes uh, in the in the middle of the plate, he's hit them. And uh, the times that breaking balls have got him out, which, you know, the breaking ball, they, he just saw a steady diet of that and, and was rushing to get to fastball last year and and uh, having a tough time with changeups and, and curveballs in the dirt and. He's uh, he's laying off tough uh, off speed pitches right now. It looks like he's seeing them really well, and the times he's made outs 
on breaking balls. It's be, he's been called out on, on balls that were off the plate. So um, I just I, I love the way he's swinging. And as long as he stays in the middle of field with that power ability that he has to all fields, uh, this is this is not a fluke. This looks like the real deal. Roy, I'm glad you brought up um, uh, getting screwed by a couple of calls because I could not believe the two calls that the umpire made yesterday in the ninth inning when he was at the plate with the runners on base and a chance to, you know, keep the Twins alive. There were two bad ball strike um, decisions by the umpire, and I'm screaming at the TV, what are you doing to the kid? You know, <laughs> he's trying to have a good at bat, and then you nail him. Um, with the and I get I can't blame Pook. Uh, I think it was AJ Pook anyway, because he was like, okay, I'm gonna stay outside then. I'm gonna stay down in the way off the plate if he's gonna call out a strike. And sure enough, uh, he called a slider that was off the plate. Um, the first slider was you know borderline, but I could see why he would call it straight. The second one was outrageously a ball, and then the fastball in the game. You know, um, that's just a quality pitch. But I was furious. I don't. Did you see that? And did you? I guess you had the same reaction as I did. Uh, I didn't. See, I didn't see that. Uh, I didn't see the uh, the game uh, yesterday. But um, as soon as the game was o- it was over, I got a text from my son. He said, "Okay, fine. I'm all in on robot umps." <laughs> so, ev- <laughs> evidently, my son was as pissed off as you were, Lavelle. <laughs> oh, I couldn't believe it. And and I think what here is I, I had a chance to talk to Trevor in spring train. And I could just see a difference. And, you know, one of the things that I enjoy um, as a beat as, as, when I was a beat writer through the years is watching young guys, you know, mature and get old, older and kind of show that they've absorbed, you know, what life is throwing at them and they've grown as a person and as a player. Uh, you know, I remember Buxton being relatively shy and saying, yes, sir, no, sir. And me telling him, I said, don't you ever call me sir again. Just call me Lavelle. You're fine. <laughs> do not have to call me sir. I know I'm older than you. Don't do that. You know, um, I remember other guys being cocky. You know, um, Fernando Romero, you know, first time he talked to the media in spring training, he's wearing sunglasses inside the clubhouse, you know, <laughs> during, during, the, <laughs> during the conversation. Trevor, um, reserve guy, but still rather thoughtful, introspective. Um, you know, would pause for a few seconds before he would uh, answer questions. So he was measured, wanted to say the right thing. I've seen his personality come out now in this spring training. Um, he actually smiles more. So I see a guy who's more comfortable with himself. And I also remember uh, last year, the year before, with him and uh, Kirilov, uh, there was a stretch where they were leading baseball in the number of breaking balls on the off-seat pitches thrown to them because like they ke- both came up and were crushing fastballs. And the league pivoted on them and started throwing them off-speed stuff time and time again. And it's going to be up to them, you know, to make the adjustment. And I think Trevor showed during the early stages of this season that he's made that adjustment now. He could be more patient. He's not going to miss the fastball. And, you know, when the umpire is not out of his mind, he's going to lay off the, the breaking balls off the plate. Yeah, you know, there, you just can't over, overstate uh, how important it is for a guy that has an approach and a swing like uh, Trevor Larnick has uh, to, to see and feel himself 
uh, getting fastballs that uh, he's hitting for uh, line drives to the opposite gap. It's just it, it, every time that he does that and uh, it results in success, you know, single, double, you know, off the wall, over the wall to the opposite gap, the more, you know, a hitter, especially a hitter, a young hitter, and especially a young hitter with a swing and approach like his, the more it calms him down and makes him, it just resubstantiates that he's, that he's, uh, his approach is the right one. And, and when you get to that spot mentally, mm-hmm. it, um, it's a giant maturity. It, it, it really is. And it, it, you know, let's hope that that continues here uh, for him and he's able to maintain that because it, it, it sure looks good. Right. How long did it take you to get to that point? Was there a certain number of bats or a year or two years? Or what? Yeah, it took me, it took me 1200 at bats. I think, um, hmm. uh, somewhere around a thousand to 1200, uh, at bats before I figured out what kind of hitter I could, uh, I could become. And, uh, I think that's kind of, that's, that's kind of standard. It's pretty average for most. I mean, there are some guys that are, that are hitting prodigies, uh, George Brett and um, and um, Robin Yount come to mind. Molitor a little mm-hmm. bit. He told me, and this was this is so interesting. I, I they ought to make this a, a big sign and put it up uh, in the uh, cage underneath for all for all him to see. You know, in their their workouts. Paulie told me one time, yeah, you know, I came up and um, it didn't take me long to figure out. These guys are throwing breaking balls up here. I'm gonna have to figure out how to hit that. <laughs> yeah. And um, it was uh, it, it it turned it around for him when it, you know it, uh, it made him the Hall of Fame hitter that he was when he got the idea that okay I can hit a fastball, but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna compete against big league pitchers that are throwing uh, other stuff and fastballs, what's my approach gonna be, and how am I gonna how am I going to do that? Pitch to pitch, or at bat to at bat, or you know, or hot streak slump to hot streak slump kind of kind of things. And and to the degree that um, young players figure that out early, um, you know, that's uh, and there are some that do, like 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 Molitor. But for the most part, I think for most of us mortals, a thousand at bats, twelve hundred, sometimes even fifteen hundred at bats. Yeah. It sounds like the the Tom Kelly uh, uh, view on on hitting because he would often say it would take a thousand at bats before you could figure out what type of hitter a, a guy's going to be. You mentioned George Brett. <laughs> I covered George for a few years in Kansas City, and I really enjoyed talking to him because he made things pretty much pretty simple. And you see hitters today; it happens a lot today, I and mean, it's been going on for like the last fifteen years. Uh, in between the bats, in between pitches. Hitters are out there, you know, doing, I got to make sure my elbows in. I got to make sure my mechanics are perfect. And George is like, that crap is done in the batting cage. It's done at the T. He says, the last thing I want to worry about is my swing. You work on that on this side. And then when I get in the batter's box, I need to see the pitch. Just, I want to see the pitch and let my mechanics take over that. Yeah, it's really true. And, and what you're saying about, hitters being in between i it is a real i, I just I, I shake my head all, all the time when i you know see this and i'm going to pick on a couple of guys um and and not because um not for any reason other than those are the guys that i that i saw and, and pitches that i saw 
when I, I just shake my head and say, why would you do that to yourself? Uh, Max Kepler's one. He goes up there and looks for the ball. And uh, first at bat, an opening day, uh, he uh, goes up there and guy throws him a breaking ball and he swings him, he, you know, pops it up and you go, okay. So it's your first at bat. You haven't, you know, you, you might've seen the guy last year, but yeah, I mean, this is a new year. Your right. adrenaline's high. Uh, you gotta be thinking. Uh, I mean, I just don't, I don't believe that he was, uh, his swing didn't look like he was looking breaking ball. And so now he's, he's all for one without having seen a fastball because he swung at the first, first thing he, he saw later on in the game or in the series, uh, he's he had a two and zero count and, um, he swung at a fastball, you know, barely knee high, just off the plate outside and, you know, hit it decently, but, you know, just an out to left field. And again, I want to say, okay, you're in control here. You can get, you can look for a pitch that you can drive. If you're going to, if you're going to, your basic approach is going to be to go up, just look for the ball and try to hit it hard somewhere. Then when you get uh, to an O, you can afford to say, I'm going to hit this ball hard to my pull field because if if I don't and it's two and one, uh, I, I'm, I'm back to my normal approach where I'm looking for anything and swinging at anything. So what what have you given away? You've given away a chance to do something big, and and as a result, you swing at something. You swing at a two strike pitch, not only before you have two strikes, but you know two. You know when you're two and zero, oh. and I've seen the same thing. And this is what I said last year from uh, Jose Miranda, and he. He has a wonderful middle of the field approach, and it's a great two strike pro- approach. It's mm-hmm. an uh, one strike uh, approach. But a guy with that kind of talent, when he gets ahead or first ball pitch, you see, you see so often, you know, swing and miss a, a slider first ball pitch down and away, or you get, see him get to two and zero oh, and swinging a breaking ball or swinging a high fastball off the plate, and you go. And I just think, you know, you guys are so good and you have so much talent. And if you just have to, you have to not give counts and at bats away uh, by, by having the wrong overly aggressive uh, approach uh, in counts where you should be really, really selective. Yeah. I just think Max is trying to hop in the time machine and get back to 2019 when he, when he really had a good year. And, um, you know, he swung the first pitch of the season that year and hit it out of the park in Chicago. And I thought he was trying to duplicate that when he swung at the first pitch from Zach Grinke. Right. So <laughs> that was a fastball, the first ball pitch. I mean, and, and, and that's what he yeah. should have been looking for as a leadoff hitter with power in the, you know, <laughs> the first pitch of the year. But not probably not a breaking ball in Kansas City. <laughs> no, uh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the, the uh, Chim Music Podcast. Um, we're brought to you by Aquarius Home Services. All Energy Solar and First Minnetonka Bank. Is winter ending? Spring coming? It's a toss-up. But at Aquarius Home Services, we know your furnace has been working hard, and we know warm weather will come. That means it's the perfect time to take care of any furnace or air conditioner concerns. At Aquarius, our goal is earning the right to be recommended, and that starts by providing amazing professional service and no surprise upfront pricing. And that includes $98 off any furnace or air conditioner repair. Visit us today at Aquarius homeservices.com. I'd like to tell you about All Energy Solar. Solar panels are the only home improvement project that pays for itself. Learn more about 
Going Solar this spring at All Energy Solar's free webinar by visiting allenergysolar.com slash webinar. Now, if you go to allenergysolar.com slash coach, you can find out how you can save money on your solar installation. You find out what incentives you could qualify for. And if you go to allenergysolar.com slash battery, you can find out about how solar with energy storage can provide peace of mind during winter storms and all the other storms we get here in Minnesota. So go to All Energy Solar and find out just how good solar energy can be for you. First Minnetonka City Bank. We're your locally owned community bank. Phone calls are answered by real people instead of a never-ending voicemail system. Dedicated financial representatives who really care about your personal, business, mortgage, and investment objectives. First Minnetonka City Bank is an independent community bank that offers the same wealth of products and services as larger banks, yet provides the highest quality customer service that other banks forget. We take the time to develop one-on-one relationships with our customers. The same banker will work with you year after year, providing the long-term understanding necessary to tailor our services to your changing needs. First Minnetonka City Bank. Stop by or call one of our convenient locations to experience the First Minnetonka difference for yourself. So... Now, let's continue the discussion here, Roy. Um, we've seen the Twins score a lot of runs. Um, they did win the game when the Greekies, Greekies started, but when they ran up to uh, the Marlins' top two pitchers, uh, Al- Alcantara, who I love watching. I just love watching the pitch. And Lazardo, who's got talent as well, um, they had trouble sustaining offense. Um, are we going to be worried about this team when it runs into good pitching? You know, I, I, I'm a little worried about it, I've, uh, and and not not because they didn't score runs against those two guys because they're those guys are special. Uh, but I think it does point out that it's the it's the kind of club we and we've talked about this before. Not to you know just you know go on and on about this, but it, it doesn't have a Nelson Cruz in the third or fourth spot anymore. It's got Buck there, and I like it. Yeah. Uh, but then there's then you don't know who you're leading off, and maybe lead off is the best spot for Buck, and you need you need a real you need one other one other player because of the line the way the lineup is. They need they need lots of opportunities to hit uh, good pitching. They're going to kill. I think they're going to they're going to chew up mediocre to slightly above average uh, you know pitchers, and I think they're going to win a lot of games like they did in uh, in Kansas City. They're in and um, it, I, I think they'll they'll be fine. But they need Polanco. I really think they need Polanco to be who Polanco was. If he's not, you know, if he's if he's going to be hurt a lot of the year, or if he turns out that all those other great years were not who he really is, which I I, I highly doubt, um, then they they've got a problem. But you know, a healthy Polanco hitting probably third um, mm-hmm. is uh, it, I, I think is just vital to the you know to this team. I agree. Uh, I reached out to the twins a couple of days ago to ask him how Polanco was doing in, uh, down in Fort Myers, and I did not get a response. So I, I'm hoping he's still playing in games and, and getting up to snuff here because he indicated to us uh, two days before camp broke that uh, he just had a small setback during spring training where things were looking good for a while, and then his knee flared up on him for a week, and then he had to kind of wait that out. But he was playing in games. He thought it was just a small setback. Um, I... I think we had a discussion about who the bat leadoff is offense. And I, I suggested Polanco because uh, I think if you look at this group of hitters, Polanco probably takes the, the highest quality of bats of them. And I, I think having someone in the top spot with that ability helps out the rest of the order. Now uh, batting third is not a bad thing either. 
Um, but that his switch hitting ability and um, his ability to you know work counts and, and and stay alive, I think that's beneficial to the rest of the order. So as long as he's somewhere in the top three, I think he's going to help the lineup out. But I think I rather would see him lead off to Max Kepler. You know, I think that's an interesting point. I I would be f- absolutely fine with Polanco hitting leadoff for all the reasons that uh, that you suggest. Um, it, it, my my the only thing that I wonder about. I mean, and he'd be great. And Bucks is going to be Bucks going to be good uh, in the, in the third spot. I do like uh, Buxton uh, with the the dynamics that he brings to the first spot to open a game, and then the lineup turns yep. over. And it, it's amazing, isn't it, how often the first hitter gets up in big situation in RBI situations, big situations in the game. So that that speaks to uh, to Polanco, you know, being lead off as well. I mean, I can't think of a better guy to, you know, lineup turns over, and uh, you got a switch hitter that can hit 300 from both sides with some pop, you know, in that in that lead off spot. So I, I I'm totally good with with that. I just think. Um, I think you put your best hitter, generally speaking, you put your best hitter for average in the third spot. And um, that's, you know, until Buck proves that he's going to, you know, that he's going to hit 280 to 310 with all that power that he's got. Boy, it's it's hard for me not to love him in the in the first spot uh, with Correa right. hitting behind him and and and, uh, and Polanco behind him. So, I, you know, it's probably a horse apiece. I would. I, either one. They just need Polanco back so they can make that decision. But I, I will say this. The, the one thing that I, I've never thought meant as much as uh, people seem to think it is, is the leadoff hitter. You know, it takes a lot of pitches. The guy can see what the, you know, the other guys can see what the pitcher's throwing. You don't really see what the pitcher's throwing until you, you, the first time you, you see him. I, I mean, just standing the, on the bench or in the you know, on-deck circle, I mean, okay, He's throw, he threw a fastball 2-0 or he didn't. You know, he, he's, mm-hmm. he's backwards or he's not. But, you, but it's all about seeing the stuff for yourself. And then after the first time through the order, then you're watching how, other, how a, a pitcher's pitching other guys. Then you've got some kind of idea. So I'm not as concerned about Polanco being the one that takes a lot of pitches or, or Buck is not the one that takes a lot of pitches. I just think you, you figure out who's the best first hitter and who's the best third hitter and, and, and uh, for all those other reasons. Yeah. I'm also concerned about who is the, the run producer in this, in this lineup, the three, four guy. Uh, it may depend on how fast Jose Miranda can grow into that role. Um, he may be the, he may be a, a huge cog in this, this, this offense going forward. And I don't know if that's fair for a guy who's basically in his first full season in the majors, to to, to yeah. have that type of responsibility, I really like him in the fifth spot where he's been hitting because I I mean he's another guy that takes tough at bats and can hit with two strikes you know and and um, so behind Larnick if Larnick continues the way he can be the fourth hitter um, I think if you you know if you've got Polanco or Buck and then Larnick and and, and Miranda I think it's I think it's solid. Um, so I, I, and I, and to your point, I think it lets you know Miranda grow into the role without you know without having to feel like gosh I'm the I'm the guy I'm the third hitter or the fourth hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just 
have always thought that the fifth spot was a, such an important a, a important role, hitting behind the numbers three and four, because mm-hmm. they, they don't get everybody, or uh, that you know they don't they don't drive in every run out there uh, that they see, or they get a single or a walk, and they're still you know there's still guys out there for that fifth hitter. And, um, I I saw it an awful lot uh, throughout my career in real good. But I'll just go back to 87 when uh, it was Puck, Herbeck, Gaetti, right-handed, left-handed, right-handed, all those guys with, with real, just real damage. And it was, a, it was a great, great thing to watch. And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, the rat grew into that fifth spot behind Herbeck uh, really, really well. And, it, and I don't know that Rand is ever going to have Gaetti power, but, but he has better potential um, – average uh, ability to hit for average. And that that's just what you need to protect the three and four guys in that fifth spot. Yeah. Uh, G man was good to, he was a f- nice player to watch play. It's weird. Cause when I covered the Royals, Bob Boone was a manager and it was that year that both Greg Gagne and, and, and uh, G man joined the Royals, you know? So I was like, man, they're coming over from the, from the Minnesota twins. They've guys won the World Series. They've got to be credible guys, you know, and they were great in the clubhouse, great to talk to. And I think Gaetti hit 35 homers, I think, in that first year with the with with, uh, with the Royals. So, you know, you think about that. You just mentioned um, going through the 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 gauntlet of Puckett, uh, Herbeck, and Gaetti, and you're like, man, uh, pitchers are looking at that lineup going, okay, how am I how am I going to survive this three times a night? You know, <laughs> yeah, it's really true. It's really true, and, and so the twins are looking at looking for uh, to to create a a three four five spot that has you know has the ability to you know to do that, and and they don't have the the home run numbers that you know Puck and Herbie and 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 Gaddy, uh, have or the ability at this point uh, to hit that those kind of home runs, but they've got but. You know, Correa, however you want to do this, you know, Buxton, Correa, Polanco, Larnick, uh, Miranda, they've, they've got run-producing capability. There's no question about that. So, I mean, they, but, but they, need, they need all five of those guys being healthy. and, and Yep, I, I agree. Um, hey, before we uh, sign off, I have a question for you about Kenta Maeda. Um, I watched his outing the other day with great interest. Uh, he did some good things. I was nervous a, a couple of times because it looked like he was really fighting um, to relive what he did in 2020. But I looked at the numbers afterwards. His pitch usage was the same uh, as it as he was in his his, his best year with the Twins. Um, the fastball is down two miles an hour, but I think everything else is there. So is that encouraging, or we think that's just going to be it for him? Well, I, I I think I've got to be encouraged uh, rather than rather than the other way. I mean, it, it, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pick up the, those two miles an hour uh, as the season goes along. Um, and uh, I think the most important thing, you know, for him is is not is not velocity as much as it is um, uh, trajectory and location of his. Um, lighter in his changeup. And, you know, when he was battling, you know, having some issues and, um, you know, uh, back the last, uh, the last year or that he was pitching, 
Uh, it started right from the beginning of the season. He's throwing a lot of he he threw more, more pitches in the middle of the plate than he did the whole the you know whole year that um, that, uh, that he did when he was he had the, the really good year. So if if he's locating his uh, off speed stuff and he's smart enough, he can, he can pitch with two miles an hour less. I'm just, so I'm hopeful that that's what's going to happen. And then if he picks up a couple miles per hour, then it's all gravy. I agree. I agree. And to have him as the number five starter in that rotation is to me, a kind of a luxury. Um, he's gone from being the guy at the top of the rotation to being the number five guy. And that tells you where the twins rotation is. And it tells you what the team is going to be about. We're going to fret over the offense. I think all year, but I think the pitch and the defense is going to be pretty damn good, and that's what's going to carry this team. Yes, sir. Absolutely right. You're absolutely right about that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Chim Music po- Podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank Aquarius Home Services once again, All, en- All Energy Solar, First Minnetonka Bank, and the great Roy Smalley <laughs> joining us with his wisdom and his, and his uh, encouragement and his motivation skills. So, We'll be back next week. Uh, Jim Suhan, who's at the Masters this week, will probably be back on the podcast, and he'll have to catch up on baseball. Maybe by then the Twins will be 12-3 and three or 12-4. and four. We'll find out. <laughs> Take care, everyone.